0: As we sing the good news that Christ has died, that sin is defeated, that Christ is risen, it just reminds me that the reason that we gather this morning is because Christ is risen, right? But where are we gathering? Now, we are in a church where they worshiped yesterday. Uh, Seventh day Adventist folks, uh, they keep Saturday as the Sabbath. Uh, That's a very important day for them. I'm grateful for the way they interpret Scripture. Why? Because we can have their place on a Sunday, right? We can rent this place. But why has the church no longer worship on Saturday? It's because Scripture will say it was the first day of the week that Jesus rose. When Jesus rises from the dead, everything changes. Even corporate worship. And we worship together today on a Sunday. And every Sunday. Because Christ lives this morning we celebrate life, amen? I mean, this morning we celebrate resurrected life. This morning we celebrate that no matter what prayer requests we offer, we know that life reigns. This morning we know that death is truly defeated, that tomb was empty. This morning we know that darkness doesn't win. And no matter how dark it gets, we know that there's hope in Christ Jesus. Has there ever been in a time in your life when you have longed to celebrated life as much as there is right now? I don't know about you, but it feels like there's such darkness right now. I mean, we've, we've gone through COVID. Uh, much of the nation's at war. Uh, the economy's kind of stinky. Uh, it seems like we're such a polarized people. It seems like we don't talk to each other. We just yell at each other politically. I mean, there's so much... There's so much cancer, there's so much brokenness, uh, there's so much death. I don't know about you, in my time, I mean, again, I'm I'm 29, uh, and in my lifetime, um, I've never seen a time where I've longed to celebrate life. Because really, honestly, sometimes it just feels like the darkness is winning. And sometimes you feel like things have gotten so bad. And you know what? I'm not 29, but I, I do feel old because I'm talking like an old person. I just can't believe how bad it's getting. You know, back in my day, you know, we didn't have it like this. And now those of you who are laughing know, because you know how I feel. But seriously, just hit pause. Did you think that we would be here? Uh, where we would be as a society? What our society would think of life? What they would think of marriage? Uh, what they would think of family? Did you think about the agenda that is being shoved down our throats? Did you think about where we live culturally? I don't know, but I often think like the darkness is winning. I mean, where is the light? Uh, Where is the victory? But today is a reminder that the darkness doesn't win. That Christ's light is shining. No matter how bad things are, no matter how dark, how evil, how twisted things get, we know that there was one event. We know that there was one person. We know that there was one thing that could change everything and bring hope. That resurrected life of Christ. Let me ask you, do you really believe that one event in history can change everything? Do you really believe that an event some 2,000 years ago could change your life today? Do you think that there could be one event, one person who could change everything? Well, it was uh, August 19th. Uh, I was up in Indianapolis. Uh, a man walks in, or some a person walks in uh, to uh, a convenience store and buys a lottery ticket. And that lottery ticket won. And they won $2.5 million. Now, $2.5 million, it's amazing how big lottery tickets have come, right? I mean, $2.5 million. What would you do with $2.5 million? You know, by the way, its it's... It's chump change compared to the biggest, you know the biggest single ticket winner in lottery history? Anybody know how much it was? I'm glad you don't know. What a good godly group of people you are. (laughs) It's 1.5 billion. Some person in in South Carolina won a Powerball for 1.5 billion (laughs) dollars. What do you do with that? let's go back to my story all right you got somebody who won 2.5 million dollars let me ask you a question that one event how would your life change what would you do i'm sure you'd give the king's chapel god bless you now what would you do you probably those of you who still owe a mortgage uh, you'd probably pay that off if that was smart those of you who don't have a house you might invest in some real estate those of you who have kids you got to get through college you probably put something away and say man to get my kids debt free through college those of you who are on the other side of that might give some to your kids saying hey pay off your debt uh, what would you do uh, my folks have this rickety old uh, uh, little cottage a little cabin in upstate New York that I grew up and spent my summers there uh, it's really puny and teeny but it's right on the water it's beautiful I'd fix that thing up uh, that would be so exciting uh, i don't know retirement would look a little different um maybe there'd be some other things in my life what would you do if you just won 2.5 million dollars could one event one ticket change your whole life well scripture will tell us we will celebrate today that there is one event that changed that turned that watches all of history pivots on christ's death and resurrection Easter is the one event that changed everything according to scripture now instead of death reigning life reigns now we know that that we are forgiven of our sins when Jesus resurrected from the dead now watch this when Jesus resurrected from the dead all of God's promises came to life now we know that hey this is not just some distant thing this is a reality the spotless lamb of God was crucified but he now lives and all the blessings that god has has blessed and promised his people are now ours in christ jesus Do you know the bible says if we we live a life that that deserves to be cursed that that curse will come but do you know that the curse that we deserve was placed on christ jesus on the cross that's why he cried out my god my god why have you forsaken me that's why he experienced hell of separation from his father but you know he experienced that hell why so that we can experience the blessings he lived a righteous life, and so all of the favor of God flows through him to us. Now, all the promises of the Bible, Paul will say, find their yes in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean they all happen immediately today. It doesn't mean that we are now all of a sudden getting to win the lottery or we're no longer in a battle with cancer. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to wrestle all the way home. But we know that darkness doesn't win, death doesn't win. That God's promises have come to life. Hope is resurrected. That's what we celebrate. Hope truly is resurrected. And oh, do we need it? Life is resurrected. Why? Because life reigns. So we're going to look at uh, this Easter morning through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Really two things. Hope is resurrected. Do you need some hope? That life is resurrected. Do you long for life? And then ask one parting question. Why would you seek the living among the dead? There's a lot of ways to tell the Easter story. Scripture's filled with it. But this morning, we're going to look through the lens of Peter. Peter is an interesting disciple. Every time Peter is listed in the Bible with the disciples, do you know every single time he's listed first? I love Peter. Uh, He is often the first to speak and often the last to think. Uh, Peter did some amazing things like walk on water, but then lose faith and sink. Uh, Peter will say to Jesus, no matter what everybody else does, I'm your boy, I will go with you to death, but will deny him to a servant girl, and scream out, I swear to God, I don't even know him. And so here is Peter. Now Peter was there when the tomb was empty. Peter was one. I love how the Gospel of John tells us the story. The Gospel of John tells us there was a foot race between John and Peter. John wrote it, and guess what he told us? John won the race. But we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke, Uh, through the lens of Peter and then we're going to look to a little letter that Peter wrote called first Peter so we're going to be in God's word we're going to start in Luke chapter 24 Uh, if you don't have a bible there's one there in front of you in the pews or the words will be on the screen for you I'm going to read the Easter story Luke 24 1 through 12 I exhort you challenge you implore you go home and read the rest of Luke chapter 24 it's so beautiful it's the road to Emmaus story And then we're going to skip to 1 Peter uh, 1, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'm going to skip back up to the last verse in 23. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Interesting, Jesus was dead, yet they rested. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared But these words seemed to them an idle tale. Now this is amazing. This is the apostles. Jesus had told them that this will happen, and yet still it seemed like an idle tale. They didn't believe him. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. He went home marveling at what had happened. Marveling, but probably not believing yet. And yet we get to 1 Peter, a book he would write later. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Hit pause. How many of you right now are being grieved by various trials? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, uh, now, now you do not see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, thank you for the incredible story, the true story that your son lives, the power of the resurrection over sin and death. And, oh, God, that that victory could be ours today. God, I pray that your spirit would be here among us, that you'd speak through a broken sinner like me, that there would not be one soul in this place or watching online who leaves here not tasting and knowing personally the victory of Christ Jesus? Oh God, the things that I say are wrong or my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are true and contain that good news of our resurrected Savior Jesus, oh God, use those things to help us walk in a manner worthy of His name. We pray all this in Christ's matchless name. Amen the first thing we see is that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, hope is resurrected. Hope reigns. Why? Because Jesus lives. I love how Paul, uh, uh, Peter says this in 1 Peter. He says, we have now been given a living hope, a living one, a living hope that will not die. Not die according to your circumstances, whatever comes your way, will not be snuffed out because of darkness. There's no political power that can drive this away. There's no condition in your body or your soul. The reality is this, that in Christ Jesus, because of his resurrection, hope reigns. There is resurrected hope. hope that, we can, that A living hope for us. And the question you want to say, well, how, how do I reach that hope? I mean, this event happened lo- so long ago. How can hope reign in my life? Well, according to Scripture, Jesus is our ticket to hope he's the ticket without him no hope without him no life so how do you redeem that ticket how do you redeem the ticket of hope it's got to be connected to him i love what peter says he says when i got to the tomb i marveled but something happened i mean this good news of the gospel i I became born again it caused me new life life now reigns i embrace christ as my lord and savior Jesus uh, restored Peter, uh, and then his life now would come. How did he punch his ticket? By acknowledging Jesus is my Lord and following him. Scripture says that your ticket isn't punched just because you join a church. Your ticket isn't punched just because you're baptized. Those are good, important things. The ticket isn't punched because you're moral and nice and good. That's a good thing, that you either have this life and hope, and the only way you do it is by God's grace through faith that you've placed in him. And scripture uses this really interesting description. He says, those who are in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. And scripture says, you have been reborn. Now you're not reborn physically, you are reborn spiritually. It's interesting, scripture says, you have a new nature. You have a new life. You have a new beginning. The old is gone. Your sins have been paid for. They've been separated from you on the cross. And I know you're going to still wrestle with that but in god's eyes you're new in god's eyes you're his in god's eyes you're forgiven and free god's taken your sin put it on christ he's robed you in christ's righteousness and now we've been born again scripture will actually say that for those of us who trust christ it's very interesting language it says we've actually been crucified with christ that our sins were there it says that we've been resurrected with christ that there's there's a victory in jesus that is personal That is ours. It's not just historical. It's not just some religious thing. It is a personal thing. And for those of us by God's grace who've embraced Christ as Savior, we know that the power of sin has been defeated, the penalty of sin has been paid. Knuckleheads like us, we're forgiven and free. And we are loved in Christ Jesus. Man, there's a hope, a living hope. But there's more through the resurrection of Christ Jesus, life is resurrected life i love how paul or peter will say it he'll say our future is secure That listen you have an inheritance in christ jesus i love the words he stacks up over and over again it's imperishable it nothing can get to it it's eternal uh, not only is it imperishable uh it's immovable it can't be removed from you um it's steadfast and abounding uh this incredible inheritance it's undefiled it's unfading and God is guarding it for you. Here's what it really says. If you love Jesus, God's grip on you will never let you go. God is giving you some hope in life. And there's going to be times in your life you're going to lose it. There's going to be times you feel hopeless. There's going to be times in your life, listen, there's going to be times in your life you feel like, man, do I really have life? But the good news is, is Christianity is not your grip on God. Christianity is Christ's grip on you. By God's grace, it's what he has finished and done in you. He never loses a sheep. He'll never let you go. Um, What he has given to you, um, you're going to make it home. Uh, You're going to make it home. Why? Because you're good? No. Uh, Because you're religious? No. I mean, try to do those things. But because of God and his grace and what he's done. And uh, a, a guaranteed future. Imperishable, undefiled, unfading. But I love how Peter says this, but you're going to have trials. In verses six through seven, it goes through life, you're going to have various trials, various struggles. It's going to be the testing of your faith. And I love the reality and the beauty. Jesus didn't come and say, Listen, I've come to set you free, and by the way, you're going to now be on Easy Street. Now, the way you're going to, now, now life is going to all make sense and everything's going to be easy. Scripture actually says, Oh, great. You want to live a godly life? Guess what? You're going to be persecuted. You want to follow me? Guess what? There's going to be an enemy chasing your own. There's going to be one who's going to tempt you, and he's going to tempt you to fall. And when you do fall, he's going to try to accuse you in your ear. I mean, that's the reality, that we're going to have trials. We're going to have struggles. I mean, rarely do I have a prayer request where I don't have prayer requests that are like big prayer requests. In this life, you're going to have struggles, struggles and trials. But Jesus wins. Listen again to the way Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? You see, the sting of death is sin. Sin starts, separates us from God. The fruit of sin is death. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say gives him victory, it says gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and immovable. I love this. He says, there's a victory that comes. Therefore, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I don't know if you heard that, but he's basically saying this, what you do for God is not in vain. It's not in vain, because we know that in Christ Jesus, it matters. What we do matters. What a blessed thing. Do you know that $2.5 million ticket? Never claimed. <laughs> it was never claimed. 180 days go by, whoever bought that ticket never said, hey, I got $2.5 million. It expired. <laughs> oh, man. Well, don't you just want to say, what a tragic loss. I mean, come on, bro. You went in, you bought the ticket. I don't know why I said bro. Ma'am, whoever you are, you bought the ticket, claim the prize. Can you imagine being that close to $2.5 million and you lose it in your sock drawer? Or it's somewhere you vacuumed it up when you cleaned the car? I mean, if you're that person, oh, Lord Jesus, please don't let it be the ticket I gave away, you know? Um, But they never done it. But the question for us is so much more important than a $2.5 million lottery ticket. Have you personally claimed the prize of Jesus? Have you personally claimed the prize of the resurrection? Is this prize your own? How do you know it? Well, if it's Jesus, is your own. And again, remember what Peter says and what John will also say. Have you been born again? Has this resurrection, it says the resurrection caused us to a living hope to be born again. And I love, here's, here's how you know if you have or haven't. He's going to give us a description at the end of that passage in 1 Peter. He says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Are you here today? And by God's grace saying, Man, I've never seen Jesus, but I love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him? And it gets all the world and all the odds and all what they want to say is a science that you just know that God is true and his word is true and you believe that Jesus really came for you and you rejoice with a joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. If this is your response, for those of us who claim the victory in Christ Jesus, that Jesus has won for us. I've never seen him. Man, I look at that up there oftentimes. I think, man, I can't wait for him to come back. Never seen him, but I love him can't believe what he's done for me I can't see him now but I believe in him I put my faith and trust in him he's better than a lottery ticket for 2.5 million I think he's the spotless lamb of God who became my sin I think he's resurrected over the dead life life reigns internally me not because I'm a good person not because I've been through seminary not because I'm a preacher because I'm a child of the King by God's grace and the work of Christ Jesus Is that you? Again, on the day of resurrection, Peter went to the tomb and he marveled. He went home marveling, but he still didn't really get it. He was that close. You could marvel at the Easter story. You could be part of the crowd. You could be so close and miss it. It wasn't until Peter was born again to a living, secured hope. Jesus is the ultimate prize. Have you claimed that prize for yourself? Marveling at Jesus is not enough. Bowing to him, cashing in that winning ticket, is life reigning in you, the resurrected life of Christ. I love it. When the women arrived at the tomb, and I love the fact that, by the way, that, that, that scripture tells us that the women arrived at the tomb first. All you ladies say amen. We're the first ones that know this stuff. But you know that culturally, they weren't able at that time, how dark these ages were to even testify in court what kind of god and what kind of bible tells a story where the women arrive first a story that's true and authentic and a god who loves women as much as he loves men made in his image and the story rejoice ladies you're the first ones there you know but what were they told they would say why do you seek the living among the dead i'm closing with this are you trying to seek for the living among the dead are you looking for life apart from jesus Do you think that his creation can give you the life you long for? It can't. It'll give you a temporary high. It will start to fill the void, but in the long run, it'll be empty. The only one who can fill that reality is Jesus. He and he alone. Why would you seek for the living among the dead? But look around. That's what this world is doing. You can't find life apart from Christ. Only in Jesus can you have life only in Jesus can your sin and death be taken away. Only in Jesus do you know him and love him. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you that your son came and he gave us something even better than a $2.5 million or a $1.5 billion lottery ticket. God, he came to give us life and life abundantly. He came to give us life and life eternally. He came so that the darkness wouldn't win. He came so that our sins wouldn't define us and end us. He came to seek and to save the lost by living the life that we failed to live, dying a death we deserved to die, but resurrecting from a tomb that was borrowed so that life would reign so that heaven would be opened up so that the prize of Christ could be cashed in. Father, I pray for anyone here who maybe marvels at the Easter story but hasn't been born again because of it, who maybe gathers as a crowd but doesn't really know it as their story. Oh God, I pray your Holy Spirit would open up their eyes to the incredible prize of Jesus, that they would embrace him as Lord and Savior. That today would be the day that that victory that Jesus won would be their victory. And, oh God, for the rest of us that are yours, may we now walk in the light, proclaiming the victory of Christ Jesus. And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen.